Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Passionate about standing up for all Canadians. Canadians. The Roy Green Show continues. Well, the uh, fallout continues over the firing of Andrew McCabe from the FBI just hours before he was to retire, and now his pension is in question. And just reading something here, he and Comey facing indictments. I just one thing after another, one thing after another, after another, after another. So um, they worked with Canada's troops. They worked shoulder to shoulder with Canada's troops. They interpreted for Canadian troops during the 10 years of the Afghan campaign. They were on the front lines with Canadian soldiers, and when Canadian soldiers took fire, so did they. And some among their number died on the front lines. They are the Afghan interpreters. And only about a third of these interpreters have been allowed into this country which was through a stringent program the Conservatives put in place in 2009, which ended in 2011. Now, I say only about a third have come into Canada. That was the statistic that I saw in 2011. I haven't been able to find anything more current than that. I do know, I do know that interpreters are languishing in Afghanistan, very much afraid for their lives, because... Because they worked with Canada's troops, they are now on the Taliban's hunt-and-kill list. This country benefited, and our soldiers benefited, from their presence. And I've seen letters of commendation for these interpreters from Canadian soldiers, from American soldiers. And what are we doing for them? Not a damn thing. The Harper government dropped the ball in 2011. The Trudeau government can't find the ball, or doesn't want to, because they're too enthusiastic about allowing others into the country, like the ISIS terrorists. But these interpreters, we need to help them. You need to help them. I need to help them. If the government's not listening, We'll make them listen. They like their jobs in Ottawa. They really do. And if people have earned their way into this country and earned the right to live here, it is the people who suited up every day with our troops and went out with them every day and were under fire every day. And they were particularly interesting targets. They had, they had, they had, they had bullseyes on their backs for... Insurgent snipers, they wanted to take out the interpreters. But they went every day. Yeah, they got paid. But you can't pay anybody enough for that kind of service. And we owe them. 
Mr. Trudeau doesn't seem to see it that way, and Mr. Harper didn't see it that way, and Jason Kenney didn't see it that way after 2011. So uh, a few weeks ago, we talked to Alex in Afghanistan. He's back with us. He's one of the interpreters. Alex, how are you? Hey, how's it going, Joe? It's great to hear from you again. Yeah, and I'm and fine. Thank I'm, you very much. I'm fine. How are you doing? Uh, to be honest with you, just to share with you, and uh, I just survived from a horrible situation. I mean, there was a suicide attack today where I live. And I just survived. I was just meter, I mean, meters away from that attack, and I saw bodies on the, I mean, floor inside the classroom, and also uh, inside the tuition center. That, I wanted to take photos, but the police officers they were just pushing me away, like you're not allowed to take photos. Mm. So that, that was that just, was uh, that was today, I mean, Alex. Morning. I'm sorry, that was today. Yes, that was today. Yes. That's horrific. I mean, and this is something that, that the people of Afghanistan face every day. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, usual. It happens. Yeah. My, uh, my other guest is James, and he's in Alberta, and James is one of the fortunate interpreters who made it to this country. Joe Warmington of the Toronto Sun did absolutely incredible work, yeoman's work to get James into the country, and the former immigration minister, John McCallum, liberal immigration minister, give credit words to you, uh, saw the wisdom in bringing uh, James into Canada. James, how are you doing? I'm pretty good, sir. How are you? Doing great. How do you like Canada? Oh, it's an amazing country, man. I love it. (laughs) And how have you been treated? When people know what you did for Canadians, when people know that you were an interpreter, how are you being treated? Oh, for for the last uh, for the previous years when I was in Afghanistan. Yeah, how do Canadians treat you? Oh, the Canadians treat me like <laughs> I don't know how I can say that. That was that was pretty good. Do you want to go ahead and talk to your friend uh, Alex? Alex, uh, you you guys knew each other in Afghanistan. Yeah, sure. I was just wondering to yeah. to thank you guys for giving me opportunity to talk to uh, to Alex once again here and then. Yeah, that was a long time. We we worked together uh, on 2010 uh, with the Canadian Forces and uh, Bob Wilson, which is uh, which was that Bob Wilson was located in uh, Jerry District. Yeah, we met there on 2010. Alex, I'm so happy and I'm so excited, man. Yeah, me too, brother. I'm happy that you could make it all the way to Canada and uh, yourself with your family and. And I appreciate those people who helped you. And I'm really oh. happy that you're home. Oh, thanks, man. I'm so happy that you're still alive, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm dealing with it. I'm, somehow I'm just trying to survive. Uh, you know what? There's a lot of nice people in this country. And this country is a nice country, man. I hope that somebody can hear us from uh, immigration and then they can help us or... They helped me, and hopefully they can help other interpreters, too, that who, who's still back in Afghanistan. I know what they are doing there, so their lives is at risk. So hopefully, hopefully, as soon as they can hear us, they can do something for you and for others. I appreciate it, and I know what Canadians uh, are going to do. I mean, what they will do for us. I count on them, and 
there is no need that I name every one of them. I already mentioned them on Twitter. Like, I count on these people. And they're the ones they can push the government and help us out. Yeah, Alex, you never, you never know I'm how, how, how happy is I am. I even can't talk, man. Like, I'm like, like surprised to talking to you, man. It was a long time that we worked together, man. And I was just wondering about you guys that, yeah, that's nice to hear from you. And I'm so happy for that. Me too, brother. Me too. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm even happier than you because, uh, you're at home and you're safe. And I see you're happy. I, I heard, like, the way you're uh, talking. I mean, the, the joy that you had. I mean, the smile. And I'm happy, man. And I just uh, hope that we all get together once again in Canada and enjoy life together. I mean, this is a horrible situation in Afghanistan. Everybody's striking about it. I mean, all media is full of uh, bad news about Afghanistan. So at the moment, bro, I just can't I say that. Yeah, yeah, I just can't say that. Don't be worried. There's yeah. a lot of nice people in this country, and and hopefully pretty soon that they can help you out, that you can come out from from there, and then you will be safe too. Don't be worried. Yeah. Okay, guys, hold yeah, on. Yeah. Hold, hold on. Remember about. Just, just hold oh, on, guys. Lord. We're we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll have you continue to uh, okay. to chat with each other. I also want to find out from you each of you, what it was like to go out with the forces. Take us back, I'll ask you both to take us back to one particular day, one particular moment that you remember specifically when you were out with our Canadian forces, patrolling with them and what happened at that particular time. Alex is in Afghanistan. James is in Canada. James is safe. Alex is under under threat for his life. The uh, Taliban have made it very clear that they are hunting him and uh, that when they find him, they have been very clear about their intentions. Here is uh, a note that got through to to um, Alex, and it's from the Islamic State of Afghanistan. Um, threat letter, you, Ahmed, and then they use his last name, Sajjad, son of uh, Muhammad, resident of Helmand province. We found out. And we have reports that you're working as a linguist with foreigners in Kandahar province. We don't hesitate killing your family, and we're looking after you, I mean, looking for you, all over the provinces of Afghanistan. And it's signed by the governor of the Sangin district uh, of Helmand, Afghanistan, according to the words of Mullah Muhammad Umar Mujahid. Our friendship and enmity, enmity are both for God's satisfaction. Hey, I have an idea as well. If uh, we have someone listening to this program who served in Afghanistan during the conflict and uh, understands the value of the translators and what they did, who perhaps even knows James and Alex, it would be a bit of a long shot, but it might be. But if you, if you served in Afghanistan and you know the value of what they did, maybe you can add your voice to uh, the call to bring them into this country, to open the doors, to open the borders. We have open borders for anyone who sneaks into the country, and then we take a long time to decide whether or not they can stay. We keep the doors closed for Alex and for others who've been e emailing me. So if you're a, a former Afghanistan combatant in the Canadian uniform, 
Give us a call at 800-263-2428. Do it now at 800-263-2428. We'll have you talk to Alex and James and then share with us your thoughts of what these men and other translators like them did. But it has to be somebody, you have to be somebody who served in Afghanistan. All right, 800-263-2428. We're back after this. Straight talk. No nonsense. Honest debate. This is The Roy Green Show. I'm on Twitter at the Roy Green Show at the Roy Green Show. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com and RoyGreenShow.com is the webpage. You can uh, add your thoughts to my posts there, and you can listen back to anything on the podcast, including my conversation with Alex, who's in Afghanistan, James, who's in Alberta, uh, Afghan interpreters for Canadian troops. Let's get them all here. Here's one. This is from the Globe and Mail in 2011. Two of every three Afghans who sought refuge in Canada after risking their lives working for the military in Kandahar have been turned away, Some, uh, including some who worked alongside Canadian soldiers during the bloodiest days of battle. The program was announced with much fanfare by Immigration Minister Jason Kenney in the fall of 2009 and brought Canada in line with other NATO countries which had already launched similar initiatives it ends Monday. Applicants had to demonstrate they faced extraordinary risk as a result of their work with Canada. Few didn't. Working as an interpreter for NATO in southern Afghanistan was akin to having a Taliban's bullseye on your back. So, and this program was only from for those who were with Canada's forces between 2007 and 2009. Some of the bloodiest battles happened in 2006. So. I guess that didn't count. What's wrong with these people? Uh, Alex, can you um, can you share with everyone listening one particular moment, one particular day that you went out with Canadian troops when it got really nasty? Can you can you do that? Yes, of course, Roy. And uh, thank you very much for this show again. Yes, sir. So. Um, yeah, back in 2009, I mean, that was like end of 2009. So we received uh, motor attacks before we go out. I mean, we were at Bob Wilson. There were like motor attacks uh, on our camp. There were like casualties. Not, I mean, from the Canadian side, but the U.S. side. So that was a horrible day. And later on, after a few days, we went out. We went for a one-month operation in Helmand, which the name of the operation was uh, Operation Mushtarak. It means uh, joint operation. And I have a certificate from, from that. And we went out. We came under firefight in the middle of nowhere. Like, we were in an open area 
we received fire from every compound. There were like holes into the walls, and they were shooting from the compounds. I mean, the Taliban were shooting at us, and we were like in an open area. So we were just looking for an obstacle, not to get shot, or just jump into a ditch. So finally, we survived. Nobody got shot. And we came under fire several times while we went out in Helmand province. So the operation was that Marines, I mean, American Marines take over Marja district. We were around the area. All forces, they came from all over Afghanistan. And yeah, we faced horrible situations. We came under firefight, not just in Helmand province, even in Kandahar province. We lost Afghan National Army. One of them stepped on an IED, lost his both legs, and died on the way while the medevac wanted to carry him in the hospital. So he died. And we lost more of these men. I mean, Afghan National Army, Canadian forces, Americans, interpreters, and wounded as well. So the guy whom you talked to, Mohammed, and you mentioned this, emailed me. He saved a Canadian soldier's life during the fireflies. And he was wounded himself as well. A Canadian general, he gave him a hug and appreciated his great job. And he said he's going to take him to Canada. But somehow, Mohammed was sick. He had to go home because he was wounded. He spent 50 days after when he came back to Kandahar to see that general again. The general just changed. I mean, he just went back to Canada, and there was another guy came. So Muhammad missed that process. He couldn't go to uh, Canada. And all those days passed. And now our situation is even worse than that. We're just looking with fingers crossed and waiting for help from Canada officials. It's not about financial issues, anything like that. It's about life or death. It's about safety of us and our family. And thanks for your question, Joe. I mean, Roy. Sorry. That's all right. You can call me Joe. He's my buddy. Your buddy, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I appreciate it. Okay, uh, hold I mean, on. I appreciate it. Oh. All right, guys, hold on. We're going to come back. I want James to share a story with us as well. You listen to the, you listen to what, uh, what, what Alex just shared. Yeah, I was just... Uh, oh, James, James, hold on, hold on. Just pull, pull the pot down, please. Um, we're going to come back with James and with Alex because we have to take a break. And I'll ask James about his experiences. But I mean, you listen to them explain. How come they're not here? How come, how come Alex isn't here in this country? Because of politicians. That's why. We'll come back. You're only as good as your word, and he stands by his. This is The Roy Green Show. Thanks, Sharon, for her email to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. She points out that Andrew McCabe, who was fired as the uh, FBI director, 
is uh, going to get his pension at age 57. He's 50 now. I had just seen a um, story where he was complaining that he couldn't lose his pension because he was fired by uh, Sessions just a couple of hours before he was going to retire. James is with me. He is in Alberta. Alex is with me. He is in Afghanistan. They were both interpreters for Canadian forces in Afghanistan. And I got chills when I was listening to Alex describe what he experienced just on that one day. James, what was a day that, uh, that, that, that you remember? The point we're trying to make, by the way, if you're just joining us, is that the interpreters who worked with Canadian troops should be in this country, should be in this country. They've already, they've already committed to Canada. Yeah, they got paid to do a job. And I've seen one or two emails saying, well, it's a job. You get paid to do it. Come on, folks. You can do better than that. Um, when you're out there and uh, people are shooting at you and you're seeing lives being taken and what Alex saw today, saw this morning in, uh, in Afghanistan was horrific. James, what, did, what is the day that you remember? You went out with Canadian soldiers. What happened? Tell us what the day was like. Well, I just want to add, uh, yeah, that mentioned that what Alex mentioned, I wasn't uh, part of uh, that operation as well. So I've been with, uh, with the Canadian forces in that operation as well. So, yeah, I remember, and I, 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 would, I just want to tell you another story. So uh, I was in uh, Panjway district. There was a pop by, by name, uh, Pop uh, uh, Masumgar. So I'm pretty sure Alex and uh, team members who were there, they, they remember that pop. So... Yeah, we went out of uh, the base for for patrolling the area. So we patrolled all day, and uh, we planned to, to, to camp for the night uh, just like a little bit far away from the village. So early at the morning, we had a rocket attack, and there was a group of kids who was wondering that what we are doing here, and they were just standing close to us. So we got lucky that rocket just like passed from us and it just blew up by the kids so when we went there there was a couple kids they were smashed they were just uh, they were dead that was the gross that was the, the worst day i ever seen so oh my god yeah, yeah there was a lot of days but uh, but this is one of those days those are the nightmare days um let's get off that for a second and what was your uh, what was your responsibility alex how was your, uh, when you went out with Canadian soldiers, what was your responsibility? What would you have to do? Well, uh, good question. I was uh, responsible in order to uh, exchange languages, you know, just to link up the ideas of both sides, like the Afghans and the Canadian forces. And I was not just a linguist. and uh, Me and James, we were... Uh, like cultural advisors as well. We were just uh, explaining the culture, everything. I mean, the behaviors, how to, uh, I mean, treat people here. And, of course, uh, that was not an easy job. That was dangerous, but we loved it because uh, we choose to serve. We choose to work, honestly. And um, we had much responsibilities than any other, uh, let's say, wh- whoever is working in the office. Because uh, simultaneously, we have to translate and interpret everything with our men first saying to our Afghan National Army and vice versa. So, yeah, I think that, w- that was like um, 
not going to come back. I mean, those days. Mm-hmm. I mean, did, these did, days are not going to come back. James, did you ever have to uh, participate in the questioning of a prisoner? Uh, prisoners, yes, yes, of course. Yes, we had uh, we we had a couple a uh, couple of guys where we arrested on a, on a patrolling days, like uh, when we were out, like we captured a couple of guys, like yeah, we 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 are interpreting those uh, those things as well. Mm-hmm. I can't get the. I, I mean, I can't. For, I can't. I can't get the words out of your out of my mind when you said about the rocket hit, hitting the kids. That's just that's yeah, just that mind was, numbing. Yeah, you know? that was one of my 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 worst days. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of worst days on on a front line we passed, but that was that was the really worst day. So I don't know if you you heard that. I also uh, lost my parents. Even Taliban killed my parents. I don't know you heard that. Uh, I'm pretty sure you you do because. Uh, Joe Warmington was uh, uh, following that through Toronto's on on, uh, on the news. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a lot of worse days back in the front line, so I even don't want to think about those days anymore because <laughs> it makes me more sick. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can I can certainly appreciate that. Joe, if you're listening, I know Joe. I know Joe is listening. It's not a question of if he's listening. I know he's listening. Can you call us, Joe? It's eight hundred two six three. Twenty-four twenty-eight, eight hundred two six three. Hold on, guys. Uh, eight hundred. I know. 800-263-2428. Joe, if you're listening, I know you. Like I said, I know you're listening. Give us a call. Eight hundred two six three twenty-four twenty-eight. I want to get Joe Warmington uh, engaged in the conversation. Is that Joe? No. Okay. Uh, talk to each other a little more. Uh, you know, you've been listening. We've been asking separate questions. So I'm sure some ideas have come to mind that you want to talk to each other about. Well, I was just wondering. Yes, of course, Roy. Right. I just want to ask. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, I was just wondering if uh, if you can make it somewhere else safe that tell the Canadians can help you out with. Like, if somebody can help you for now, uh, as you know, I'm pretty new in this country. I cannot do anything. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, I I can't do any help. Because I'm I'm still new in this country and yeah for sure I I count myself as a Canadian I I I'll do whatever I can but uh, if you can go somewhere safe that at least uh, for a couple of days that they can uh, uh, figure out somehow for you that I would appreciate be more nice. it bro I know I know how much dangerous is there and I passed those days man I know what you're doing there so yeah. I, I, I am the one who is exactly yeah. knows what, what, what are you doing there. Well, I tell you what people can do, and we've been saying this, and I was going to say it again in a minute, actually. One of the best things that they can do, because if you get in touch with Trudeau, it'll never get to Trudeau. It'll be intercepted by somebody in his office, and, and it'll just, it won't get to Trudeau. But what people can do is they can get a hold of their members of parliament, and they can be insistent that they want to talk to their MP, not get some email or a phone call from an assistant saying we're aware and we're doing what we can. No, you want to talk to your member of parliament, push them, tell them if they expect you to vote for them or your friends to vote for them, that they should return the phone calls because it's something important that you want to talk to them about. And then push them, make make the demand. Don't ask. Don't ask. Tell. Tell them to uh, tell them to get on it 
and tell them to get back to you. And there's no reason the progressive or the conservative party of Canada, there's no reason that they cannot push in parliament. They should. Andrew Scheer should. Trudeau is another matter. But Mr. Scheer should get into it and rapidly. I know. I know. I know. I got it. I can see. Um, okay, so contact your MP, and what you could also do is you can contact the opposition, um, you know, the people who are running for the other parties, we are going to want votes next fall, get a hold of them through their party offices. You can find them really quickly online, just Google it, and uh, you can get give them some ammunition to move forward with, but your MP should be your first choice. Get forward. Get at them. Get in touch with the Legion because they uh, they have they have clout. There are veterans groups. The veterans the veterans groups in this country need to stand up and push hard for these interpreters. The veterans groups in this country need to get at it. When we come back, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with Alex and James, and Joe Warmington will join us from the Toronto Sun. Stay with us. One of the most respected and experienced broadcasters in the industry. This is the Roy Green Show. Will, who does the uh, call screening for this program, just uh, told me they had a call from uh, a listener who said that what he's heard about Alex reminds him very much of what his brother told him about the uh, interpreter who worked with him. And uh, his brother has, has passed away, but his brother talked so much about the interpreter, and he thinks it was Alex. So we're back with Alex, we're back with James, and we're back with Joe Warmington from the Toronto Sun. Joe... We all owe you. We're, we're just following your lead on this. Well, I just want to say that I appreciate what you're doing now, Roy. I mean, I have to admit that uh, I had run into a wall on this story, and you know, I know I feel really bad for Alex and for all the other interpreters. Uh, the, the, you know, they would like to see me write on this every day, every week, and it's, of course that's hard to do, especially when you keep running into it. I started thinking that maybe I was part of the problem in that, the more I roar on it, the more it upset Prime Minister Trudeau uh, and, and that kind of thing. But now I think that um, this has been revitalized by yourself. One thing I want to put out there, and, and I, I think this is a good, obviously the best forum possible to do it, if some veterans want to put together a rally for Parliament Hill this spring, sooner the better, um, I'll help organize it, I'll help promote it. Uh, I think I can get pre, you know soon to be Premier uh, Doug Ford to help us because he's been very supportive of my efforts over the, the past on this, and we can uh, you know we can really take this to Prime Minister Trudeau, who I know at the heart of it. I just need to get to him and to talk to him and to explain it to him. You know, the ear of the people that have his ear are not interested in people like the gentleman you have, you know, the fine gentleman you have on today. They are more interested in the people that they were fighting against, the people that were the terrorists and, and that kind of thing. That's where their interest is. We need to sort of switch them and say, look, the good guys were these guys. And uh, the other thing is, I uh, just want to say one more thing, is that um, it's a real honor to be on with both Alex and James. And I don't know Alex, but I certainly know James. And I just hope that, I don't know if you can hear me, James, but I hope you're doing well. Thank you very much, Joel. Nice to hear from you. 
I really, uh, you know, I think back to when we fought uh, to get James here, Roy, and you were helpful at the time. And uh, the big, the big help there for us was John McCallum, who is now the ambassador to China. And again, I don't know how to get a hold of him, but if there are people that do, we could use his help again. He has some uh, sway. He's certainly a political heavyweight, someone we all respect. Um, we just got to get to the prime minister to explain to him, you know, that we have to do this. And look, we're, we're talking now about going to Africa with our troops, and they've had 165 people killed in Africa. It's not quite the number that we experienced, unfortunately, in Afghanistan, but I'm talking about uh, United Nations troops there. Yeah. And so we're going to, you know, run into casualties, perhaps. And we're asking interpreters to help our people to stay out of that. When I was in Afghanistan, Roy, I've told you before, uh, it was the interpreters that kept us out of being killed. They were always saying, don't go down this street, don't go down that street, just on hunches or looks on faces, things like that. You know, they were in the in the vehicles looking out on the street, and they, they could read the mood, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're really fully appreciated. You know, that's such a good point, right? Do you, because you're a local, because you, you understand... The, just the just the atmosphere, just the motion of the place, tells you what's going on. By the way, Joe, I'm with you 100 percent on uh, on getting this done, and I'll also get in touch with veterans groups and let's see if we can get let's see if we can get this well, taken care of. And if Justin Trudeau wants to take credit for it, all you know, I'm more than happy to. I'm sure you are as well to say fine. Thank you, Mr. Prime Minister. Well, of course. I mean, it's his decision, and he's the only one that can do it. And the people around him have convinced him that the people that try to attack us and our people, need, you know, are the good people. They need to be kind of rehabilitated and maybe we'll convince them to like us and these kinds of things. And, and you know what? I don't agree with any of that. I would put all those people in prison. I would never let them in the country, but I'm not in charge. But just, you know, we have a leniency towards those people that would kill us and we pay them, you know, $10 million and things like that. Let's have a little bit of uh, compassion for the people that served our troops. And, you know, we lost a lot over there. A lot of them came home, and every one of them that I speak to, you know, they, they talk about the interpreters. When I was there, the interpreter that I worked with was a guy named Ahmed, and uh, he never did get uh, to the country. We tried to get him here. We couldn't. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he had his house burned down, and, like, his whole face and hands and feet, everything were all burned, and his family is in the, in the same case with uh, James Akam. His parents were murdered. So this is real, and you know what? I mean, um, I feel like a real uh, fresh uh, adrenaline coming into my bones, thanks to you, Roy, um, because I really want to do this. I want to have a rally, but I, I, I really need help organizing it. I need someone else to, I, you know, a reporter is not supposed to organize these things. I, I, I'm supposed to support them and cover them and write about them and lobby and all those kinds of things. So if I could get a veterans group or someone to help, like we did with the rally back in 2006, Justin Vandette and Louise Gray and myself, we had a rally for the troops when, you know, it was really starting to turn bad and the NDP were talking about, you know, that we were the bad guys and that, that's why we had the rally. And I'd like to do it again. I want to do it in Ottawa and I want to do it when Parliament's sitting. Mm-hmm. And I want to, you know, I think we have to do that. And this is, you know, I'm committed to it right here, right on Roy Green's show. I just need one phone call, one email from someone, maybe someone in Ottawa, that can help uh, put it together, and I'll give all my support, and I'll I'll try to get everybody that I know 
to support it. Last time I invited every celebrity I know, and only one showed up, and his name was Gordon Lightfoot. I think we'll get more this time. I know we'll get Don Cherry there, because James will tell you that the very first Canadian outside of myself that he spoke to was, was Don Cherry. So. Always Don. And that's pretty, Always that's Don. pretty good. Well, I'll get involved with you too, Joe. And, uh, you know, we've got this n- national reach with the show, and I know that people across the country feel extremely strongly. I see it in the emails. We see it on Twitter. It's just there. The, the emotion is there, the solid support. They're just saying thank you and welcome to our family. Alex, uh, how dangerous is life for you? Do you wake up every day wondering, is this the day they are going to find me? Excuse me, I uh, beg your pardon, please. Uh, uh, no, do, uh, how, how, how dangerous is life for you in Afghanistan? Life is, I mean, I'm not living. I just try to stay alive, at least, you know. I'm just alive. Living means when people, they have jobs to do, they have responsibilities. The only responsibility I have is just take care of my family, they go to for the door during the nighttime and wait a couple of hours during the nighttime and just don't go anywhere, like not hanging out anywhere. I mean, I don't care, I mean, about I have a job or not, but uh, I'm caring about my family, about my safety. I mean, life is horrible. I mean, I'm living in a bad situation. I don't have tranquility at all. And I expect to gain my tranquility back from Canada officials. I mean... Before yeah. coming to become as an interpreter, I had tranquility. I had everything. I, had, I mean, although our country was uh, dangerous, full of bad guys, I mean, Taliban, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And after when I joined as a linguist, I loved my job. I loved my services. I loved my I mean, guys. I, guys, I really, you know, I really hate. I, work with. I really hate to do this, but we're out of time. And if I don't stop, the satellite will stop us. Alex. We're going to work on it. James, we're yeah. going to work on it. Joe is always the first with the ideas. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We'll get it done. Mr. Warmington, you're the best. $50,000 uh, for Joe Biden. Uh, Got to go, guys. See you later. Thank you. Joe Warmington, Alex, and James. We'll come back and wrap up in a second.